0: Welcome to Women Talk About Horror, the podcast where women talk about horror. Today I've got Core and Carlin, and we are going to be talking about the Lock Tomb trilogy. Yay!
1: Yeah. Thank God, because it is all I can think about.
0: <laughs> it's, it is all we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I fully blame you for that.
1: Well, yeah, I'm the one that made you guys read it.
0: Yes. Because
1: I didn't have anyone to talk about it with, no one else had read it. And it was all I wanted to talk about. And I was like, I am suffering.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now we're all suffering because it is a trilogy, but the last book of the trilogy doesn't come out until next year. But we will be talking about spoilers for the first two books, Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth. So if you haven't read them yet, I do have a spoiler free review of Gideon the Ninth that you can listen to instead. Um, Or if you don't mind spoilers, listen, but I would really suggest not spoiling this book for yourself
1: yeah I'm pretty I've been pretty militant about spoilers with the people that I've wanted to read the books I'm just like spoilers don't ruin it (laughs) but I think that the spoilers really add to your first reading experience so like you take you know they're mysteries
0: I take a very hard line stance
2: (laughs) you you get like a sick satisfaction out of being like oh IDK (laughs) oh yeah I for sure do that I love
0: to do
1: that (laughs)
2: yeah well, I mean, Listen, the, the
1: first... I'm happy to offer clarification. I just don't <laughs> like to give you any information you don't already have. Yeah,
0: yeah. The first book is basically kind of a murder mystery in a haunted house.
2: So yeah, it's gothic mm-hmm. haunted murder mystery with swords. Always
1: it... necessary. Swords are so good.
0: Yeah. Multiple it's kinds of swords. It's a gothic
1: haunted murder mystery where the main character is like a foul-mouthed witch lesbian who is not paying attention to the mystery because there are pretty girls present. And yeah. I'm just like, I love her so much.
0: I would die for her. <laughs> Gideon has no she idea is... what genre book she's in, yeah. like, at all. She is
2: truly, like, one of the best characters I have read in a very, very long time. Right? And yeah. she is uh, so endearing and so insanely lovable and just. she is (laughs) she's so lovable
1: i I, so i did listen to your review earlier to sort of Mm -hmm. just like see what you had already said and i know you said something about gideon not being observant i would counter that she's very observant she just doesn't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) like she well i mean she's observant
0: about certain things like she picked up that camilla was um ambidextrous and things like that But there was just, like, she didn't figure out, like...
1: Well, it's like she. Well, yeah, because she she notices a lot because Mm -hmm. we can only see what she sees. It's just she does not put any of it together. That's true. She's just like there's that one conversation at dinner where at the dinner party where one of the other characters, Abigail, is like a historian talking about the history of the haunted house castle, Canaan House that they're all trapped in, and they're talking about the like history that is lore important. And Gideon's like, this is boring. I'm not going to listen anymore. I'm just like, blah
0: please <laughs> i totally just, just forgot that you right yeah yeah
1: just like please tune in for a second
2: but this is the thing that and i'm sure you know i'm sure courtney has an entire thesis about this that <laughs> kind of makes it so uh interesting the first time you read it because you are seeing it from gideon's perspective so you don't know what's important so there are all of these clues and there's all of this information coming at you but you cannot separate the wheat from the chaff because it's <laughs> yeah like all of a the sudden there's a squirrel and Gideon's off in that direction and you're like <laughs> well, I guess that thing wasn't important I don't know so I mean it it is a book that um kind of demands rereading mm. because yeah. yeah I think they're so rewarding so to reread yes
0: yeah because like
1: we are so we're so locked into like Gideon's perspective and we don't we don't know what is and isn't important because Gideon doesn't know what is and is it isn't important so like there's a point there's like a point during act two where Gideon and Harrow like aren't together for a while and Gideon is exposed to like all whole of stuff rapid fire where it's like if harrow were there if it were harrow there who knew what she needed to like pay attention to you the book would be much shorter but gideon's yeah. just like i yeah. don't know yeah i think one of gideon's things- like i want to fight with swords i don't care about any of this nerd <laughs> bullshit
0: oh that's like with that first challenge that they finally do together she's like i want to fight the thing because yeah. it looks a little like swords. yeah the arms and look like swords so she wants to fight it I get it. Yeah. Please mm-hmm. go make yourself happy. <laughs> and it worked out. Like that was the right thing to do. So,
2: yeah, so yeah. Just like Gideon's makes... narration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's what makes Harrow and Gideon such uh, good foils is because of things like that, where, you know, Harrow is trying to decipher this complex puzzle, and <laughs> figure out all of these theorems and Gideon's like, hit it with a sword and they
1: right. I both like ultimately yeah what I love about that is just like sometimes Gideon is right like she did in fact need to go fight the thing with a sword yeah <laughs> just like Harrow cares so much about the nerd bullshit that like she doesn't see anything else Like, there is none of, like, the interpersonal stuff that Gideon is picking up on between other characters in the house is registering for Harrow. Harrow is just like, I do not care about literally anybody else. I want to know what's going on down in the basement, and that's
2: it.
0: And they still end up with friends.
2: Yeah. Well, that's mostly due to Gideon. That's true. Or also, it's mostly due to the fact that uh, Palamides and Camilla are, like... Angels? (laughs) Angels. Wonderful people, and and yeah. uh, Abigail and Magnus are also wonderful people, and like they're just like God.
1: Like the only functional people in the entire book.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: they really so are. so good. <laughs> There's like even like when you get to like God, like he's not functional. None of the saints are functional. It's hilarious just how I don't know yeah, how some so... of these people get through the day. Yeah, but yeah, I enjoy reading book, about them. In the second book, you meet
1: God, and, like, literally God, the emperor of the- not not the Christian God, but, like, the necromantic God of the nine houses and his, like, saints who have all been alive for 10,000 years, and they just all hate each other. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so fascinated by their dynamic. (laughs) Yeah. I've only been after 10,000 years. Yeah. Just adding one. I'm so compelled by them. just like, I (laughs) want to see more of your crazy shit. like-
0: Every character in this series is just so interesting on their own. Just even. Yeah. She could write like,
2: you know, novellas about every single one of these characters and they would all probably be good. Mm
1: -hmm. I think she does such an insane job of like really well characterizing, like all of the side characters, even the ones that don't get a lot of screen time, Mm -hmm. like, like people like the second or like the, um, and no one really likes the eighth, but I think the eighth are pretty well characterized still. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, she... they're very interesting. Yes. They're just yeah.
0: awful. Right. I mean, just
1: just no one likes them. Column's okay. Yeah. They
0: have an interesting right. dynamic. Like the, yeah. I mean, Col- yeah, Yeah.
2: yeah. Col- Column's okay in comparison, but <laughs> it's Column not like, he's is not he's part not, like, of a sparkly, very complex you know? power
1: dynamic. Yes.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. He's got some issues to work through. So Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> don't we don't they all I think yeah. the book series is Harrow and Gideon work through their issues.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like just all of the they...
1: side characters are great. <laughs> like you ask anybody, like, who's your favorite character, and someone will say, like, every one of them will be picked by someone. Like mm-hmm. people love yeah. these characters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because they are lovable. Mm-hmm. They are
1: lovable. And this... I would die for the sixth house, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny to me that we're all like, we love the sixth, and that's the library, because I mean, yeah. we're librarians. <laughs> yeah. We're a bunch of librarians. I'm just <laughs> like, like that's. Mm-hmm, yep, a
1: library. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, oh. the there was that um, Kickstarter for the enamel pins, and I got the sixth house one, and I wear it on my lanyard at the library. Because yes. I'm like, this is
0: thematically <laughs> appropriate. And I just ordered yes. one, so we get to yeah. match now.
1: Hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: No, there's a part in the book where um, it's before one of the duel scenes, and it says Camilla looked like an off-duty librarian, and I just really vibed with that. I was yeah. like, "Yes, Cam."
2: God, she's good. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I also, as a parent, identify a lot with Magnus and Abigail, who mm-hmm. are just going around picking up wayward youngsters, and they really like, are, are. Yeah, yeah, and I, I like just, Magnus. You know, I, I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus tries jokes. to adopt
1: Gideon in Gideon the Ninth, and then Abigail tries to adopt Harrow
0: in Harrow the Ninth. Mm-hmm. They, they just kind of adopted the fourth house. I don't really technically understand the dynamics going on there, but
2: I mean, the they... fourth house have no parents because their parents are they were the previous generation of cannon fodder.
1: That's true. So, in the in know. the vast ever expanding imperialistic war that God is waging for no reason.
2: Yeah, that that's.
0: But it's kind of fascinating too. Like, why is he putting everyone through all this? I mean, yeah, there's not... I mean,
1: there's this. There's, there's still the one book left, so right. We don't so there's have not really an answer this. yet, and
0: it's worry, just yeah. like, John, why are you like this? Yeah,
2: but I do love that meme. That's all like, you know, our introduction to God, who is this uh, imperialist? You know, uh, colonizing outer planets and. With you a know, death, basically... with a death cult in his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his with the, his death cult and his crown of baby finger bones, and we're like, oh my god, wait, he's evil. Like, oh, he's, <laughs> well, it's because like not, like a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and like, it's was. true.
1: Yeah. Because like, you're so locked into like Gideon and Harrow's perspective, and they've mm-hmm. been raised in the imperialistic death cult their whole lives. They're just like, this is normal. And right. then when Harrow meets John, he comes off as like an affable father figure, mm-hmm. and like he's gaslighting her the whole time, but like yeah. you don't know that because you're locked into Harrow's broken little brain.
2: <laughs> yeah. So oh. here's a question: So you know when? So in in Gideon the Ninth, she uh, Harrow supposedly opens the locked tomb. She she does. She opens the locked tomb <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this entire thing that you know then she falls in love with the body and so on and so forth and that's a big part of you know her entire uh, her just her in general and then so when she tells God that she has done this and he says no you didn't is he gaslighting her or is he actually telling her the information that he thinks is correct because I was under the impression that he just, thought you could not have done this like he didn't know that it was possible for her to have done this well
0: he doesn't know Gideon ever existed at that point yeah
1: that's what I think too I I think in that specific instant John is not he is not attempting to gaslight her (laughs) um It is, I, that's interestingly, I think, the most um, grievous, like, act of, like, unreality inflicted on her, because it's such a basic part of her, like, understanding of herself that she did that. (laughs) She did this impossible thing that she's, like, been living with her whole life and being told that she didn't when she's already suffering from, like, a lot of, like, psychosis and not being able to, not, like, recognizing reality, I think that's a big a big like moment for her but i think in that moment god is not intending to do that (laughs) (laughs) like i think he just genuinely believes that no you didn't there's no way you could
0: have i don't think he would be so chill if he thought someone really opened the locked tomb
2: right that was my other thing is that like i i if he was under the impression that she could have actually done this i think he would have been a little more uh Worried about it? Concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there would have yeah been a he has more no
1: reason to believe yeah. that she could have done that. So, like, the effect on her is huge, but he just genuine, genuinely is like, that didn't happen. Like, you don't yeah. have to apologize for this because it didn't happen. Like, don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. is like, like having think...
1: a full-on breakdown. Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> and maybe that's the, like, that's really the only time that we know for a fact that he is lying to her. Like, everything else, there's a lot of, like, implied lying or things that come about later that you're like oh so he was lying about that Mm -hmm. but i think that's the one that kind of stands out in my mind because that's you know from the reader's perspective it's like no she actually did that so Mm -hmm. is he lying or is he just wrong yeah yeah that's why I, I think that one. <laughs> like...
1: what's interesting about John is like he kind of reveals himself as a liar pretty early on because he talks about like right at the beginning of Harrow when he shows her the bodies intended to revive the ninth house. He tells her straight up like you can choose to go home if you want. And then like not long after that he's like you can't actually <laughs> you can't do yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just like oh okay why did you tell her you could bastard
0: yeah i've seen like the the theory that the resurrection beasts aren't actually chasing the lictors they're only chasing john i wouldn't be surprised yeah because yeah. i mean he there's just so many layers to the lives that he tells even just about the resurrection beasts that who knows even what's really going on with them
1: i yeah, think that so. harrow the ninth's I think that it's the reading experience of Hera the Ninth is so weird because you get to that point where John is telling her, You didn't open the locked tomb. And we, as the readers, know that she did, but we have been strung along by this book this whole time. We're like, We're being told that Canaan House happened differently mm-hmm. and that Gideon is not there at all she's not present in the narrative like even in in harrow's memory that we get to that point where john t- at least for me i was like did she open the tomb or not like at that point i was like yeah. frantic like i was questioning reality I, yeah <laughs> tamson Mirror was gaslighting me as a reader
0: <laughs> i was like is this an au that i didn't know that like she wrote like a alternate universe to her own book series?
2: I mean, she did. Like, that it was. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exercise, and yeah, like, (laughs) that's exactly what it was. But, you know, there was. And that's one of those things that, like, I. You know, I think that for a lot of people, that narrative structure in, in Harrow the Ninth is frustrating. And if you aren't willing to just sit back and, you know, kind of go along with not knowing what the hell is happening, mm-hmm. um, it it can be very, uh, it can be frustrating, and it can be, you know, a, a less good experience for some readers, but, mm-hmm. you know, if you can just, which is honestly why I read the audiobook, because, or listened to the audiobook, because I think if I had tried to sit down and read it, I would have just been <laughs> like, I can't, I can't get through this. Yeah. So...
0: Well, I remember before I started reading them, Carlin, you told me, you're like, you're not going to know what's going on, and that's okay. Yeah. And then when I started yeah. the next book, you're like, you're still not going to know what's going on, and it's yeah. okay. <laughs> you Even to more know so even in less the second book. What's happening? <laughs> it's like, going the to be even book, more. <laughs> yeah.
1: I understand why some people kind of like bounce off Harrow the Ninth, because like, it's in tone a lot different than Gideon. Like in structure, it's a lot different. Like you're just sort of thrust into this very confusing situation with a very confused protagonist. And I think it's, like, it's a really bold authorial choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but
1: right, I sure. I think that it, like, when, especially especially once you have the full picture with what's going on, you're like, oh, all of this makes sense, actually. Like, it works. Yeah. It's just you, I understand when people are frustrated by it, but I'm also just, like, it's really interesting, like, the yeah. way it's put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, if once you get through it, you're like, oh, I get it now. This makes perfect sense. And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't. I had to read it twice before it all made perfect sense. I after I read it the first time, I was like sending core so many questions. <laughs> about, like, well, what what happened here? And then when I when I listened to it again, I was like, I completely missed like <laughs> yeah, large yeah. portions of it where I was like, I do not remember this. You know this piece of the puzzle or whatever that you know, because I was just, mm-hmm. uh, just riding the wave basically, mm-hmm. and you know, so the the second read through was much more gratifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Carlin I would send me a
1: simple it. question, and then I would send back like a text novel with lore,
2: yeah, <laughs> footnotes, and
0: and of course I'm <laughs> sending her stuff like ew, head, and like Carlin's asking. <laughs> yeah
2: but you know it i am not typically a rereader there are like a, a very few books in my life that i've been like i'm going to go back and read that one again and um this these both of these books i'm planning on reading for a third time uh, yeah. you know yeah. pretty soon so i mean they they are worth that kind of mm-hmm. you know examination i think
1: yeah I, they're so rewarding on the reread once you like once you have that context you can really pick up on how many clues there are um it's like they're there mm-hmm. it's just sometimes yeah. you're yeah. it's hard for you to pick up on them
0: well, I mean going back to Gideon, and like just I've looked I haven't done a full reread but I've looked back at certain passages and just a lot of this stuff with um Kitherea, when you still think that she's Dulcinea like that. Yeah, during the
1: avulsion trial mm-hmm. where she's like cradling Gideon and talking about how none of this is worth it and mm-hmm. we ask so much and don't let anyone do this to you again and then you hit the end of Gideon the Ninth with what becoming Lictor entails and what mm-hmm. it means for the Cavalier and you're like, oh, and, and with Kithareya's motives and you're like, oh god, this is so much on the reread, I hate yeah. this Yeah Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, one thing that I didn't realize in my read of um, Harold the Ninth until course, said something about it. I didn't realize that one of, like, in it, looking back now, it makes a lot of sense that one of the reasons why Mercy Moran was so mad at John is because he doesn't actually act like God.
1: Yeah, like, I think based on like what i've seen other people say and like my mm-hmm. read of it and like with the whole
0: well in that whole jail right speech, yeah that that
1: where his, his crimes include eating peanuts at a meeting and saying what do i know i'm only god where it's like he doesn't act like god he acts like a man cuz mm-hmm. he is a man he's a 10,000-year-old horrible man <laughs> and mercy is caught up with him he should be god because Christabel died for
2: him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's not. So don't don't sit there eating peanuts like some kind of you know animal.
0: He only ate peanuts the once.
2: Be, be worth <laughs> dying for.
1: <laughs> yeah, be something worth dying for. Yeah. And I think a lot of her like unresolved rage comes from she doesn't think he is.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that wasn't because that was something I was just like she really um, doesn't like him, and then when course it's something about that i was like that makes a lot of sense actually for the things she's saying and
1: it's so complicated because like i think that she loves him and also she doesn't like him at all the lictors are so interesting Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so and that's i'm i'm really hoping in electo that we get a bit more about some of their relationships to their cavaliers because you know mercy Morn does seem so devoted to christabel and is so you know offended by the thought that anyone may have just even disliked her a little bit and it's like well what what was their relationship that makes her so you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i mean like i am i'm a i'm a wretched lesbian and i'm just like they were in love
2: (laughs) (laughs) well no and that's that's what i'm and because um you know i know that augustine's cavalier was his brother so of course yeah you know so is there always that level of you know is this a, a family member or a, a you know truly a loved one that mm-hmm. is that part of the entire you know the the cavalier the lictor sacrifice um i think it would be really interesting to just know more about that Aspect, yeah, of, yeah, the lictors. What was, and I think we was, um... will.
1: I think, um, there was an interview not too long ago with Tamsin Mirror where, um, she said that we haven't seen the last of Mercy Mourn specifically, even though that bitch died. So, yeah, well, yeah. I'm interested, <laughs> I'm interested to see about that and if we can hear more about her because I think she is so funny. So, I yeah, want to hear more yeah. from her specifically. <laughs> Um she's I, mean, I she's think that horrible the, but I love her. Yes. She's so horrible but god
0: she's funny. She's so funny. Um I, I love how like every time she mentioned Taro's age she kept making it younger. Like she was <laughs> infants. like yeah. infant's as
1: gestures.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like it starts off you're 12, you're 9, you're 3, you're an infant. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like I don't know if either of you have read any of the bonus content that's in the back of the Gideon the Ninth paperback. Um I have cuz I'm a little freak.
0: I have not. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> there's an in-universe essay about from like an academic like in that world about like the nature of the necromancer cavalier bond. And it's written in like this it's it's written to like characterize it as this sort of pure noble like like, courtly relationship where it's, like, it's supposed to be ideally, like, untroubled by things like romantic love or familial loyalty or whatever. Like, it's supposed to be above all of that. Like, it's this big scandal that mm-hmm. um, Magnus is Abigail's husband because it's not supposed to be that, at yeah. least the with, according to the culture of the nine houses. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm just, like there's some repression going on here with a lot <laughs> yeah. of the lichter cavalier bonds, huh?
0: But, I mean, if you look back at, like, um, me- you know, medieval history when there actually, like, were knights and things like that, like, there was a lot of, you know, writing about, like, this courtly love thing. Yeah, it's it, was it like wasn't an actually of pure love. Right. But it wasn't actually a thing. Like, it was just something, it was basically the romance novels of rich women at the time who were in, you yeah. know, probably in a marriage that they didn't pick. So they were like oh i love the thought of this courtly love of a knight who loves me and will do anything for me but i don't have to touch him so it it's interesting because like the idealized version of cavaliers doesn't really exist but like the kind of thing that's based on the idealized versions of knights and courtly love didn't really exist either
1: and i think that that's really interesting like characterizing I think specifically Gideon's view of her relationship with Harrow, like at the end of Gideon the ninth. And then when she does finally show back up in Harrow the ninth, where she believes that she believes that she believes wholeheartedly that Harrow does not and cannot love her Mm -hmm. and that she is Harrow's cavalier. And that's all that she, she thinks that's all she wants to be. And it's this sort of like idea where this is, all that gideon can expect of her and and that's enough for her because it's a way to be close to her without with kind of like the the structure of the cavalier relationship to act as a buffer mm-hmm. because like either of them think about their emotions for too long and they pass out <laughs> <laughs> and so like the structure of the cavalier relationship sort of provides a buffer for gideon to be like Yeah, Harrow's important to me. She's my adept, obviously. Stop talking to me. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So I think that that's interesting, like in a yeah,
2: like a like a an agape kind of um, yeah. Was it the the Greek uh, form of? I think that was just like unconditional love. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think in that in the strictest definition, it was supposed to be like the love of man for god or god for man Mm -hmm. but oh that's juicy like completely (laughs) removed from any kind of uh like physicality yeah yeah Mm -hmm. there was nothing erotic and nothing even like familial about it it was just you know the unconditional love of
1: Another it's holy entity.
2: it's like enshrined right. as holy Yeah. whereas right. like
1: cause like the the cavalier adept bond comes from the lictors like that's the reason that bond exists and the lictors are sainted holy figures <laughs> like it's a holy relationship ooh right. that's juicy I love that
2: <laughs> so yeah, but... but they don't do that they in practice it doesn't work that way because you can't work it, yeah it, with that level of intimacy with another human, without yeah, coming away with more than a you know a a you know, platonic mm-hmm. love. just yeah. like there's, we're all just messy little
1: people.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. well, then and then, yeah, and then you meet
1: and... the lictors and they're all just absolute messes, all torn up yeah. by grief about these real living people they loved and lost mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not a holy compact. It's a tragedy.
2: Yeah, yeah, Be- and because they are ultimately, at the end of the day, they might have lived ten thousand years, but they are just people. Mm-hmm. So they're it is. People. It makes yeah. them very complicated, and you know, they're undone without each other. They yeah. are. God. <laughs> <laughs> my, one of my favorite lines from a book ever. <laughs> it's
1: so much. Harrow's yeah. character growth, I was talking about this in a Discord server I was in, Harrow's character growth over the two <laughs> books is like, what? Don't be mean to me. <laughs>
2: I'm not, I'm, not, I'm I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, truly. Like, <laughs> no, no sarcasm um, whatsoever. <laughs> I like to think about my
1: sad little girls. Um, <laughs> the character arc that Harrow goes through, I think is so compelling because she comes from like a place where like she has genuinely done some pretty awful shit like to Gideon specifically, like she treats Gideon very badly. Um, And she has like this institutional power of the ninth over Gideon that Gideon has like no recourse for. And so the growth she experiences over the two books is so compelling because like the pacing of her recognizing that like the way I have acted is wrong and I need to start acting a different way for both of us is like really interesting because of how mm-hmm. far she comes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's like her character arc is so compelling and like so like nuanced. I love it. Yeah, and like I think that Tamson does a really good. I say Tamson, like I know her personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that she does a really good job.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have read part of she does a really good job at
1: making it. cool. We're all just we're all just dorks here. Mm-hmm. I think that she's really good at making characters sympathetic, even if they've done bad stuff. Like the Lictors, oh, yeah. horrible. I think that they're so interesting. Mm-hmm. Eanthe, horrible. Yeah. God, she's
0: funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting to like Eanthe as much as I did during um, Hero the Ninth*. Yeah, I was... it's just like I
1: think she's, she's very she's... compelling. I think she's very funny. Yeah, she's God, she's the worst. she's sympathetic actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when I told, but Korra she's surprisingly this. sympathetic. Yeah, Mm-hmm.
1: especially with because she is obviously like grieving the loss of her sister, mm-hmm. and like w- at the very end of Harrow, when um, the Mercy and Augustine are like, "Well, if we have to sacrifice the nine houses to end God, that's how it's got to be." And I'anthe like balks at that, and I'anthe mm-hmm. like, "You, you're gonna do what?" Yeah, even though like she's yeah. just the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well it's funny i told core the other day i was like i wasn't into like the kind of codependency with corona Beth and Ianthe when i thought it was just on corona beth side yeah. but now that i know it's on both of them and very well, much it's fine yeah i don't know like they're i was much by- more interested <laughs> into it now i was just like oh it's
1: different when they're both enmeshed yeah yeah i'm just like i mean like i'm into griddle and i'm like that's some crazy bullshit too <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's, that's a terrible, I mean, they, well, you know, it could be fine if they both just get, like, an extraordinary amount of therapy, like, like, they can work it out. So much therapy, but. I'm just like,
1: I'm optimistic that they'll get there. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't think that they're going to, like, on the page, get therapy, but. (laughs) 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 Yeah, no. I think that there's.
2: Well, well, first, Gideon's gonna have to find a body, I guess. (laughs) I think that Out of context, that that
0: sounds so funny
1: (laughs) (laughs) She'll be fine I think that Cam and them have her body I think so too Yeah Like, I think that they just have it I think that whoever I don't know who's piloting it But I think that whoever is the POV character In the Harrow the Ninth epilogue Is in Gideon's body I don't know who it is But I think it is Gideon's body (laughs) Mm-hmm I think she's fine.
2: We'll figure it out. Yeah. She'll, she'll be fine. Yeah. well uh, uh, Tamson has something up her sleeve. Yes.
0: But yeah, so I' just like,
2: can, I, can mm. I put you on the spot real quick and ask you something?: Okay. <laughs> How are you not more affected by the pool scene?
0: <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? I OK, you guys know that I'm generally not into romance, and I don't do like sentiment. So I mean, I I, I don't feel things. God, yeah, like I was like it wasn't like I disliked the scene. I was like, oh, they're talking, but it wasn't
2: like they're oh, talking. I, she says, I I know they're talking. Yeah, I like, like had I was to like pull before... my car over because I was on my way to work <laughs> and listening to that part and like weeping inconsolably in my car on the way to work in the morning, like it was it was a bad scene <laughs> I mean, I mean like, for me the the scene in the book was excellent <laughs> yeah I mean
0: I don't God. I don't know like a lot of the things like I would text Corey she would just be like what? you're you're asking me about that like the thing when they find um Crow's head and I'm just like ew just a head
1: <laughs> I'm just like you're not reacting to like <laughs> Her- Harrow's possible betrayal of everyone in the house. She's just like, ew, head. I'm like, I want to She's study like, you. I don't understand you.
2: <laughs> that's
0: exactly. I was just like, ew. She found a head
2: in a closet. That's icky. No, that's I, I, the I implications. don't. implications? What, other- what was the other thing that Cora Cor and I were like, waiting with bated breath like oh man she's gonna get to this part soon and i don't remember it. cor do you remember what part it was that we were like god oh, i don't gonna... know
1: i could probably find out by going through our messages but i don't remember top <laughs> yeah. so of my
2: head and i was like oh man she's gonna get to that part soon and then Christine nothing was, or K- kitty was just like uh i i don't recall that at all
0: <laughs> i was like, I was like what, what is wrong with you i don't know i mean so i'm not I know you guys know this, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I am not a romance person. I'm not a very sentimental person with a a general, like, I just, I don't do that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's not that, like, I don't want Gideon and Harrow to get together. I just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't have feelings. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like... I know that a lot of, I, not a lot of people, I know that some people are, like, kind of put off by the griddle dynamic because of, like, the huge power imbalance at the beginning. I'm like, I get that. That's yeah, your it's right. it's not
0: that. Like, I definitely want them to get together. I just...
1: You just don't have emotions.
0: Not... She just needs to, doesn't need to see it on the page. I mean, like, if they got together on the page it would be cool, but if it was implied, that would also be cool. i am just... I don't know, the pool scene was really good, and, and I was like, yay, they're talking and communicating, and Trying to, you know, work through some of these issues. But, yeah.
1: Harrow has stopped lying. Achievement unlocked. That, that was my big thing. I was like,
0: wow, <laughs> she's actually telling her what's going on. Huge for her. Because I think that's, I think that's what I'm I texted so you her. about the scene. I was like, oh, she's actually telling her stuff.
2: Yeah. Whereas I'm just, just like, emotionally distraught. Yeah. <laughs> I figured out what it was. It was... <laughs> it was... Uh... The scene, this is what we were talking about, like, do, do you think she, she's going to get to that part <laughs> soon? Do you think, mm-hmm. How do you think she's going to react? It was the part where in, in Harrow, when Harrow sees Palamides in oh, the yeah. river bubble, and the, in the narration, it says something about, you could never guess that he had seen me yeah, which like, is
1: significant because the whole of uh, like, okay. the whole of those yeah. points in Harrow the Ninth are told through second-person yeah, perspective. No, no, no.
0: See, no, the, wh- why I didn't get that is because it went right over my head. I had you just no idea. Notice. No, I just, I had no <laughs> idea. I completely missed that. And, like, I, I read about that later on when I was reading um, just, like, stuff people had written. And I was like, oh, that's really neat. And, like, it just went straight over my head. Whereas I like lost end- my mind in my bedroom know, by I myself. Was, no, Th- that's <laughs> what happened with that. Distraught. It went right over my head. I I was like me. I okay, yeah. so I didn't realize it was Gideon narrating until Gideon actually came back, and then I was like, "Oh crap, it's Gideon narrating." God, like, I had it, like, it, suspicions. No, I had I had no suspicions but... whatsoever. I was just like, oh. I had suspicions, written.
1: but like weirdly, so my experience with that was the moment I heard that Harrow the Ninth was being written in second person. My my first thought, for no reason, was like it's Gideon. And I was
0: like, <laughs> See, I, I, I
1: ended up being right, but I was like, I had no support for that guess. I just yeah. was like, I feel it.
0: <laughs> I didn't even question yeah. it. I was just like, oh, she tried something different with this book. Cool. And then it gets to the part where Gideon comes back, and I was like oh, it was Gideon the whole time. Like, it went straight over my mm-hmm. head. Like, yeah, sometimes my reading comprehension is not there, guys. That when was one you of those it,
1: When you reread it, some it's, it's like, really obvious in some parts. Like, yeah. the yeah. her just ragging on Harrow about not knowing parts of the sword, what, what yeah. they're called, <laughs> and <laughs> the... know that it was
2: called the pommel. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, now like, all like that stuff the... makes
0: sense, but at the time I was just like, oh, that's funny. It's like her, like... The back of her head is telling her what it is. Like, that's just yeah. kind of what I thought.
1: And that, I mean, technically. You were is. always a little bitch when you were angry. Love that.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, I, I, at one point, I thought that maybe this was like Harrow's journal to herself, kind of. Like, like the letters it, like she, she wrote to herself. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. That, that sort of thing. Um, because, you know, it was kind of like she, maybe she's just being very self-deprecating and she's writing this because she feels so like disconnected from herself but i don't know there was it it didn't ever really stand up and i kind of got mm-hmm. i don't know i i think maybe it's just wishful thinking that we're like oh well maybe it's gideon who's who's telling the story <laughs> now and you know you, you just get that in your head because that's what you want yeah mm-hmm. and, and lo it was <laughs> do you guys want to know the other then,
0: oh go ahead go, go ahead I was going to say, do you guys want to know the other thing that went straight over my head? Oh, yes. please. So the scene where she basically grows the a new arm, I, I guess it was supposed to be written kind of like a sex scene, did not get that at all from it. Like, it just went straight over my head. Did not really. It's like a very corny body I, horror I, scene.
2: Yeah.
0: But like a lot of people are like, it's written you know, a certain way. And I was like, it's gross. It's She's ve- growing an arm.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it. if I didn't get it on my first read because I was kind of like just paying a lot of attention to the action itself. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking about Mm -hmm. the language that was being used, but uh, when I listened to it again, um, I was also, I was also listening to my dad wrote a porno. (laughs) Yeah. An erotic novel on the side. And I, I I didn't, I had to ask Core actually, because I was like, am I just in this mindset where this seems very sensual? or <laughs> No, like, like, it's, no, it's an extremely horny scene. Yeah. yeah,
0: it did not get yeah, very erotically levels. charged. Yeah, no, yeah, that also
2: it's... went straight over my head. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... You know, I just miss it's, things. <laughs> it's between Harrow and Ianthe, and it's kind of like, it feels kind of scandalous, because mm-hmm. they have a very... Uh, a complex uh, power complica- yeah complicated yeah. relationship there too and also you're kind of like you know for the griddle harkers you're kind of like <laughs> stop it right now <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like get away stop. from her yeah stop being so sexy with her bones right now this is inappropriate i'm just <laughs> like i will girlfriend. fight ianthe
0: <laughs> i yeah. do love ianthe's reaction when um Gideon shows up again she's just like oh you god their conversation is
1: so funny I want to see them
2: interact so much the whole like the one of my favorite parts of both books is when Iante makes a joke about ghoul on ghoul (laughs) (laughs) and and Gideon has just been like completely tearing her to shreds, insulting mm-hmm. her, and all of a sudden, Gideon's like, "Forget everything I just said. Let's get married." Yeah. And like, <laughs> they have the same sense pun. of humor.
1: They have the same <laughs> sense of humor, and I think it pisses them both off. Yeah, they're too similar. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think that is so funny. Yeah, it's, Iante is, is so pretty. interesting because there there's another. Um, just another interview with Tamson Muir because I read all of the fucking extra the extra credit material because I'm that way. And um there was something about how like the ways in love the ways that love is redemptive and the way that it's not, and like the fact that Ianthe is like into Harrow puts Harrow in more danger, not less, because Ianthe is a terrible person. Yeah. And I'm just yeah, like, stop, true. you leave her alone.
2: <laughs> Do not yeah. even look at her. Yeah, because Ianthe cannot love appropriately, clearly. Mm-hmm. her whole relationship with her sister is uh troubling. Mm-hmm. And not not inappropriate, just I mean, I guess it it's it probably inappropriate to have a codependent relationship with a sibling. <laughs> like Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's not creepy in the way that it could be creepy. Mm-hmm. It's right. just There's like, no, like
2: it's not like a twin-cest kind of thing. It's just yeah. that they are, yeah. uh, you know, reliant on each other in w- too much. Too much. Yeah. There's also kind
0: of a power dynamic there going on, too. Because, like, in the duel scene in the first book, when... um, I completely forgot their Cavalier's name for a second. Niberius? Yeah, when he tries to Bams. challenge Cam after she's already hurt and Corona Beth tries to stop it and Ianthe's like no it's going to happen mm-hmm. and then yeah. she was like what are you going to do about it and Corona Beth's like I can't do anything about this
1: mm-hmm. there's a really interesting dynamic between them where like Ianthe obviously has the like the necromantic power to like enforce her mm-hmm. will on their partnership but I think that Corona has all the social power so mm-hmm. it's, there's this really interesting like Power balance between them. I'm really, really interested to see what Corona does when exposed to the BoE, so, a group yeah. of radicals who have su- who have pretty recently lost their very charismatic commander. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see what Corona is going to do in that situation. Well, I'm
0: really interested to see too what just what Corona Bus going to do in general because that there was that interview where <laughs> Tampton was talking about how. She was going to name them like Cana Bell, Cana Beth, Cana Beth, and Abella, yeah. And she's like, and then I was like, well, that's just being like bad that's twin, good twin, or slightly badder twin, slightly lesser twin. And that kind of implies that Corona Beth is the slightly worse twin, yeah. And Beth, I do, I man, would be kind of interested to see that,
1: yeah. I think I would be a little surprised because like it's entirely possible she like switched their names around at some point, yeah. Like ianthe pretty bad <laughs> but...
0: my my kind of theory with that is Cain did kill abel so i wouldn't be surprised if Corona Beth is the one to kill ianthe
1: god i hope so that would be so cool
0: <laughs> i
1: mean not for them i'm sure that would just that really would, that'd be terrible <laughs> for the two of them <laughs> but
2: pretty devastating for them
1: yeah but like ooh, it would be dramatic though
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah Cause that's what I got from the original names, like which I find mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I the the minor characters that I am obsessed with are Pyrrha Deve and Commander Wake. I, <laughs> I want, do want,
2: to, want know... to know more about them. I want to know about Gideon and Pira's, uh Gideon the First. Yeah. Uh, the, the Gideon the, original the, flavor. Gideon original flavor. Who is the character <laughs> that Gideon is? In a roundabout way, Gideon Nav is in a roundabout way named after. Like, what is their relationship? Because they're again getting back to the uh, this dynamic between the adepts and the Cavaliers. What was going on there? Because he seems pretty not interested he doesn't seem to care about the fact that yeah. his cavalier mm-hmm. was, like, apparently the hottest woman ever, and also his cavalier. <laughs> and, like, it, it, they, he's characterized in such a way that it's like, oh, he would have killed her ten times over if he had to. Like, it it just, I'm very interested to know more about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The way uh, I read a lot of Gideon Prime is that he's just kind of, he's just kind of gone away inside. <laughs>
0: Like yeah, already just, dead inside,
1: like he there is a point where they're talking about who's the hottest cavalier at dinner, and Gideon Prime gets up and leaves, like it's made him uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. he cares about Pira, but I also think that the way that their brain is divided, where like Gideon the first like forgets stuff and like doesn't always have control of his body and like maybe also doesn't have a firm grasp on what is and isn't happening. Like mm-hmm. I think that he's just, and he's been living that way as far as we know the whole time. Like yeah. maybe he's just tapped out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that Pyrrha DeVey is the only one of the original Cavaliers to live, and in a in a roundabout sense to live, and she gets to control her necromancer's body sometimes, and she does use this this singular ability to fuck. Like that's what she uses it for. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I mean,
1: <laughs> she is so iconic. I want to know so much about her.
2: Yeah. yeah. Let's let's get a whole take like a whole novel just
1: about her. Please. Like canonically the hottest cavalier gets in an affair using her necromancer's body with the number 1 enemy of her god. <laughs> Thinks yeah, that Gideon she's... Nav is her baby and wants to take responsibility for her. <laughs>
2: Yeah. she's fascinating mm-hmm.
1: she's like a romantic with the thing in the incinerator where she's like I would know you in the blindness of my eyes like please I need her to be present in Electro the Ninth I want to hear her say just more absolutely insane shit that makes me lose <laughs> <Yeah>. my mind
0: <laughs> I mean I do think it's interesting that a perfect look to her is apparently very possible mm-hmm. but most of the originals couldn't figure out how to do it
2: well because i mean i could could they not have or were they just uh, well because they kind of looking for something that they were told wasn't there
0: because they, they didn't anastasia basically figure it out
2: anastasia
1: according to what we have been told almost cracked it and then john panicked and killed her calf samael to, like, prevent her from becoming a perfect lictor.
0: I kind of thought when John was telling that story, I was like, I bet he killed Samael to stop it from happening. Like, she figured it out because he didn't want to face the others who had already... Yeah, almost certainly yeah, the others who had already the made the covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my... obviously Mercy Morn was never going to handle that well. Yeah.
1: My interpretation of... Um, what is implied to be a suicide pact between Mercy Morn's Cav Christabel and Augustine's Cav Alfred where they like made a suicide pact and it sounds to me like they forced their hands like maybe they were privy to some of the research and jumped the gun on lichterhood, and they didn't have time to figure out perfect lichterhood. And then once those two were off to the races about it, Mm -hmm. John just kept mum about it the whole time. It was just like, well, I don't want them to find out about the ways in which I have failed them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just going to let more calves die. (laughs) And he's clearly willing to do that because he throws a whole new batch of potential lictors into Canaan house with no instructions. Like he's Mm -hmm. just ready to let calves die if it suits his purposes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You imagine though if he's like, not a good guy, he's not no. he's bad, also he's not very good at being God because like he he has perfect lift her, from what I understand, mm-hmm. but he has no idea how he did it. I'm sure I don't think he knows how he did most of the stuff
1: i yeah i I'm basing that assumption solely off the one thing he says where he's like. Everything was, like, so different before we worked out, like, the theoretical principles or something. I'm just like, I don't think he knows how any of this works. Yeah. <laughs> he
2: didn't.
1: <laughs> he stumbled into it, and now he's God. <laughs> and he has decided to commit war crimes every day of his life.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to see if there'll be, like, a recap of how he became basically God in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm wondering if he was the cause of this apocalypse that then he resurrected everyone for, you know, like I, I wonder mm-hmm, how, mm-hmm. uh, how much of the villain is he actually? Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that, I think that he, I think that he probably had a hand in it at least because of the, like the charges wake lays at his feet near the mm-hmm, end Yeah, with the, how many babies died in the bomb Gaius.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: But I think that even without that, The fact that he is like committed just unimaginable like cultural genocide on humanity and instituted his own like horrible death cult where the only things that exist are things that matter to him are is pretty bad. Like the whole thing with the Edenites names like we only have wakes but they clearly seem to be references to pieces of pre-resurrection culture that were lost and John thinks it's funny. He's just yeah. like, haha! It's extremely funny. You're trying to k- clink this culture. I got rid of. I'm just like you yeah. are a bad man.
0: I did find the meme funny, where it's like killing the Christian God and becoming a god is a very millennial thing to do. Because
1: <laughs> yeah. it's just like he's just he's just like a, a English major <laughs> who was terminally online who got. <laughs> Who became God somehow? And this is what happened. Yeah, but I John I don't...
2: Gaius has probably read Homestuck. <laughs> 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 so, predictions for Electo.
1: God, I want them to kiss. <laughs>
2: Okay, so wait, let me ask you a question, because I read the pool scene, the end of, at the very end of the pool scene in Gideon the Ninth, I forget what the, what the last line is that someone says, and, and then she could say no more. I take that as kissing. It's not explicit kissing, but I, I personally don't think
1: so. I don't think so because I think they're both way too repressed still. Like, they have not earned <laughs> that yet. <laughs> they are
2: nuns, so I
1: mean, they are <laughs> like the end of Harrow the Ninth is Gideon thinking that Harrow is incapable of loving her because she loves the chilly weirdo in the coffin, and that is like revealed to her at during that scene. So, I, I do not think that they kiss in that scene. I, I part of it is also like with the amount of buildup we're getting to their relationship. I think that if it happen, if it does happen, it's going to be like on the page. Like I think that she would give us that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I choose <laughs> <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but there's a lot I, you, of fan you, you fiction did... that
1: backs you up on this.
2: Yeah, you make you make a good point though, mm-hmm. and I can you know I'm I would I I guess I wouldn't argue, you know, with someone who, who said that it wasn't. <laughs> <funny>. <laughs>
1: yeah like i i think that i i think especially like before harrow came out and we got less insight we had less insight into like what how gideon perceives like their relationship they're like that was absolutely a thing that tons of people thought happened but i think that with the kind of buildup we're getting if it happens i think it's gonna happen happen
0: yeah i just kind of love how dumb gideon is a this because she's just like she wanted to forget about me she obviously hates me and doesn't care about me and like yeah she is absolutely wrong and repressed
1: about it but Mm -hmm. like they've had a very complex relationship yeah Yeah. like harrow i'm so i'm i'm rereading Gideon the ninth as we said for the sixth time (laughs) um and there's a the thing that harrow throws in gideon's face when she wants to hurt her most Like, when they have their two biggest fights in the book, the thing Harrow says to hurt her is, Gideon, I barely remember about you half the time. And that is, that's clearly the thing that, like, gets to Gideon. So, (laughs) when in Harrow, she literally does forget about her, like, I think Gideon's willing to believe that, because they've had a pretty tumultuous
2: relationship up to this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, like, we were privy to all of Harrow's character growth. Gideon wasn't.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm.
1: God, I want them to yeah. talk to each other
2: <laughs> They just need to work it out But I Prediction mean, and...
1: for Electra the Ninth They sit down and they talk
2: Yeah, I doubt it But
0: <laughs> nice, it? Yeah. um, What do you think is going to happen, Carlin?
2: I don't know I think <laughs> I think a lot of things I don't know I don't I don't like to make predictions because I don't have the creative mind to come up with things mm. like that, but...
1: Do you
0: have any predictions, Kitty? I mean, I assume they're going to try to kill God, but that's all I've got. Oh, had. yeah,
2: for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh well, uh, yeah, that's... yeah. That's definitely. legit all I've got. Um, they're going to join BOE. And yes.
0: Yeah.
1: They're at least going to, like... They're going to be with BOE at some point. I've seen a lot of people speculate that, like... Boe probably also isn't like great. <laughs> I don't think anything um, in
0: this world is great, to be honest. Yeah,
1: the commander of Boe was just straight up willing to kill a baby, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I um, think that we are absolutely going to get Griddlehark perfect lichterhood. Like
2: that is a thing that is going to happen. That yeah, I, I think that's pretty uh, mm-hmm. likely because if they have her body and it it seems. I mean at the end of Harrow it's kind of implied that she is with Electo, maybe? Or uh, someone who, who, who Harrow or Gideon? Harrow, yeah. Isn't it, I, I have... I'm trying to remember now. It wasn't like somebody was like trying to get her heart pumping again, but she That had was the Gideon, eyes. yeah. Um
1: yeah, there was something with like the body was present. Like Gideon saw the body. I was just like giving her CPR or something. And I am just like, I right, Yeah, what uh, Yeah.
2: I... <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I feel like Harrow's taken Somehow, <laughs> yeah, Gideon's going to get back in her body and get Harrow in fighting form. Yeah. Yante I just I think with... with the Yeah, he goes with the... Yeah, she's it, with John. She yeah, she's with John now, right? And August God's nurse, last lictor. Nurse... lictor. Mhm. Yeah, Augustine and Merce Morn are ostensibly dead. I mean, I think... Yeah, yeah Augustine went through the pretty... stoma. Like, Which Augustine didn't just die. Yeah. He
1: went through the yeah, stoma. Yeah, he went to hell. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he Merce... went
1: to hell. I think we're gonna go to hell. I think we're gonna go in there. I know, you said that you that thought would be that, really that that...
0: Interesting. I remember, Corey, you said you thought that the one lictor that had been torn apart in the river, we would see her again?
1: Cassiopeia, yeah, the yeah. sixth lictor. Um... I think that that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's because I think that they're going to straight up go to hell and like figure out what's wrong with the river because apparently, according to Abigail, there's something wrong with the river. Um, well, I mean, and
2: I
0: trust Abigail with my life. It, yeah, I wonder, Abigail like, because... everything. Necromancy <laughs> is obviously not like something that was always in this world and... It kind yeah. of is messed up, if you think about it. Yeah, so, it's absolutely
1: yeah. untenable. It's like, super, the fact that yeah. you have to kill entire planets and, like, render them sterile and dead <laughs> yeah. for it to work, like, it's untenable. Like, we are going to... We're going to figure out what's wrong with the river. We're probably going to eradicate necromancy as a yeah. thing that exists.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, I think um, that's what's so, wrong with the river. I think it's necromancy itself.
1: Yeah. So, like, yeah. Harrow's name, according... I think according to the the name pronunciation guide at the back of the paperback is a reference to the harrowing of hell which is like biblically like when someone I think it's when Jesus goes and like pulls people who don't deserve to be in hell out of hell and I'm like I think we're gonna go there we're gonna go to hell and we're gonna pull some people out
0: and put God in hell maybe
1: he deserves it wretched little man (laughs) (laughs) Big jerk. Asshole. I think that Pal is okay. <laughs> I, I think
2: I that think, he's yeah, alright. I think that... Do we think there's a possibility of a Pal and Cam perfect lichterhood? I think that depends on whether or not they're able to recreate
1: his body. Um, I think that at the very least, they've got some sort of imperfect lichterhood where maybe they are body sharing...
0: Because that's yeah. kind of what's um, implied in the. End yeah, because yeah. Cam
1: for sure has his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but I don't know if they're able to reconstruct his body or not.
2: Yeah. Well, were there? I mean, so there aren't any adepts from Canaan House with Boe because it's Camilla and it's Judith Corona is there. Birth, who we know. Oh, Judith is there, but she's mm-hmm. stuffed in the trunk. She's not like yeah, Ju- Judith, Judith is, is not. Judith protest. doesn't seem
1: to be there by her own choice. No,
2: but yeah, I, she Judith, is Judith there. Consent to this, so I don't know as she would consent to, you know, trying to uh, put together a body. I don't. I don't know. You don't. It doesn't. Has not really gotten into what the second house's. Uh, uh, specialization is has. A... They like
1: do they like do like a fucked up version of siphoning where they pull energy out of combatants and like use it to um, like supercharge their calve. Okay. Um, if I remember correctly, and it's there's not... something there's a, like a juicy little tidbit where like all of their opponents die screaming while they get the life sucked out. Of them. Oh
2: yeah, lovely. So not necessarily a. useful tool in creating a a host body so yeah
1: not a flesh or bone magician it seems like spirit magic which is the kind of magic I don't think they really need at that point
2: Mm -hmm. right and then also you know the whole point of Blood of Eden is that they disagree with necromancy um, Mm -hmm. just as a practice Mm -hmm. and they're right so which yeah I mean they they make a good point (laughs) But it's not like they would have a neck like a like a bone or flesh magician or oh yeah, that for could, sure, not, yeah, could,
1: yeah, c- I think the whole reason cam something. asks for Harrow to make something small for Pal to inhabit is so that cam can hide him mm-hmm. because if yeah. the b o e find him, that's not gonna be good for any of them,
0: right, yeah, I did think it was kind of wow. sad when Harrow kind of finally finds him in his little bubble, and he realizes it's been like what six months and he's like i thought eight months i think yeah he's like i thought it would only take you a few days like that's just kind of sad and harrow doesn't know him and she he's he hugs her
1: and he's talking to her like they're friends because they were yeah and he says something about how like or she says something about how like i am a lictor and that like knocks him out he's Mm -hmm. just like yeah you're you're you went through with it (laughs) like not the harrow hark i knew Mm -hmm. and i'm just like they're friends he knows her She doesn't know him. I did like the little
0: team up between the sixth and the ninth houses. Team (laughs)
1: sixty-nine.
0: Nice. But you guys know that my favorite scene is that scene where um, Gideon just lays on the ground because she thinks that she's stolen Pal's girlfriend. She is utterly precious to me. She's so good. It's so, just good. so funny, because she feels Why like... am I
2: so attractive?
1: Yes. It's so... It's So that by itself is funny, but then the fact that both Harrow and Cam are there, mm-hmm. and they're just like, the only... Re- <laughs> because it's the only thing that makes up for your bad personality. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's... Because they're both just, just like, yeah, you're hot, but it's because you're dumb. At what cost? Yeah. <laughs> The fact that she just lays face down on the ground is just so funny to me. Bro code Christina. <laughs> and then just goes running to go try to fix it.
2: I love her so much. Yeah. She's just she is perfect. She is a precious little gem though. Like she's <laughs> she is. so and that's that's one thing about them that first of all, it's very funny to me when they talk about the horrible little teens that are a couple <laughs> of years younger than them because they themselves yeah or just and wretched teens. are yeah. horrible little teens and there's so much like there's this innocence and naivety to them that is you know it just you you just want to like clutch them to your bosom and be like little babies please stop making your lives so hard because and yeah. but, like, they're out there doing these you know Arrowhark is running an entire planet and, Mm -hmm. you know, having to keep this whole death cult going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Gideon is just this poor neglected orphan and you know it's like they just want love and both you know, of them Gideon's are utterly
1: like... failed by every adult in the ninth house like yeah. even like Aglamine who is probably the best of them just kind of stands by and lets a lot of it happen
0: <laughs> like yeah. she
1: lets Harrow do whatever she wants even when it they are objectively terrible things like Gideon she's Aglamine is the only person that shows like Gideon any kind of Affection And Gideon has a bit at the beginning where she's just like, a glamine didn't love her and would never give her a word without edges. And I'm just like, they just let all this happen to these kids.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Ordis brings that up in Hair of the Ninth* where he was like, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have let this happen to yeah. you. Yeah. It's like,
1: I was 35 and you were teenagers in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And I should have yeah. said something. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah they're
2: just but, I mean, kids. You mm-hmm. know, he was what? So he was... A mid teenager when his father killed himself for Harrow's parents mm-hmm. and he said yeah, I something. I think he about was eighteen he kind or something. Of, yeah. Yeah, he kind of blamed her a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Oh yeah. But you know, when they were children growing up, he I, I don't know how much he had to do with her then, but I'm sure he kind of resented her because, you know, his father was more dedicated to her and her family than to his own family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ortis was kind of. They did him dirty too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His <laughs> very... house is messed up.
1: Yeah. Because, like, Ortis was all of a sudden the only kid left in the whole house except for, like, the, the reject and the precious reverend daughter. Like, mm-hmm. all of his yeah. friends are dead. They're yeah. just gone. Yeah. Like, He's had a pretty rough time of it, too. Yeah. yeah. And,
0: it, and it seems like everyone was just kind of scared of Gideon after she didn't die when she was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or the the reverend parents were, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then everyone I mean, else definitely... was just like, well, they they hate her, so we should, too.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Even though she's a baby, but whatever. She's a baby. Yeah. yeah. I but, remember asking, you know, the... Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I was just going to say the, um, like... The part at the dinner party where Magnus tells, like, the most god-awful dad joke (laughs) anyone's ever heard, (laughs) and Gideon's like, Gideon thinks that puns are automatically funny, and she wrote it down for later, and it's just like, oh, honey, (laughs) like, you have no idea. They don't know how to interact with people they're yeah. not socialized appropriately. Like, I just, just mm-hmm. hug your children, please. Well, I remember <laughs> when
0: she got upset, one of the reasons why she got upset that Harrow was putting up schools for ambiance was because it made Magnus not want to talk to her anymore. Yeah. Because it was kind of creepy.
2: Yeah.
1: Harrow's just like, that's the point. I don't want
0: them to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do love how <laughs> Only Harrow's, I can talk to you. Yeah, I like how Harrow's solution to, like, just everything is they have a vow of silence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just I, that's actually it's like super true. And I think that that makes it very, very powerful when during the pool scene, she's just like, I am going to tell you everything. Actually, mm-hmm. the vow yeah. of silence thing clearly isn't working. We're all in a, a lot of danger mm-hmm. and we need to be on the same page.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I- I'm scared. <laughs>
0: I also love that one of the first things the terrible teens hear Gideon say is giving (laughs) Pal the nickname (laughs) Sex Pal because they had no idea she could (laughs) even talk. (laughs) And, like, they've just been thinking she's this cool person, like, with these big muscles, and, like, she just says that.
1: And Cam is just like, you'll wish she didn't because Cam is (laughs) the
0: funniest person in the
1: entire series.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do love Cam. Mm Mm-hmm. She's
1: so funny. Cam's whole thing with when she shows up on the planet to meet Harrow and Harrow the Ninth, where like the way it describes her grief as like this, like diamond hard, like buttoned up pain that is yawning, like just beneath the surface of her stoic, like outside, which is her whole thing just really, really destroys me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just like,
1: mm-hmm. Her best friend is dead and has been yeah. dead for eight months. She had to pick through his shattered skull for the barest hope that he might still be alive mm-hmm. somewhere. I'm just like, that's messed up. Yeah. I hope yeah. that they're okay.
2: <laughs> they're not. <laughs> Long I mean, story I mean, short, they're more,
0: o- they're more okay than they were before. Yeah. They yeah. I mean, like, throat? if you think about it, like, I mean, the ninth house is messed up, but there's messed up stuff about each house and how. Oh, yeah. people are raised on each house
2: yeah the fourth yeah it's house an extremely toxic cannon fodder planet yeah and like... he they wanted to go
0: and they were like what 13 and abigail was like please no you're, please yeah. you're, you're just children yeah yeah
1: i think it's really interesting that the fourth house is what sort of makes it start to click for gideon that like hmm maybe child soldiers are a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Because like... <laughs> she spends her whole childhood trying to escape to the cohort, mm-hmm. and then she meets the teens, and she's like, hmm, maybe it is bad
0: okay. actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they oh. seem so little. Oh, poor, terrible teens.
2: Yeah. They were so sad. Christina loved them. I mean, Kitty loved them. I thought
0: they were so funny. Just their little, the little French voices. The No Magnus in no the audiobook. Story. Yeah. No Magnus. And then it just goes me on and on. Tells- when
1: I was five.
0: I just, I just love that. And it, like, when yeah. Magnus when loses you, to get beca- He's like
1: three moves,
2: Magnus.
1: Yeah. When it became clear how like attached you were to them, I was like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... They were yeah, so was telling like, me she's like, like, like
2: They were babies. Oh, like, Christina really likes the teens. And I was like, ooh.
0: oh Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I was very sad. And what happened to them yeah. happened to... Them. Like, it just... And I was not prepared for
2: Jean-Marie's at all. Neither was Gideon. No. Yeah. She just... I was actually more prepared for Jean-Marie than I was for Isaac. Because I didn't realize that it was... I hadn't figured out yet that it was going to be one of those books where it was just like, oh, anyone people start dropping dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like w- once Isaac went, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yeah, this oh, it's, no. it's going to be like that then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how it is. <laughs> so I yeah. I think, you know, Isaac kind of prepared me a little bit for for Jean-Marie. Yeah. I, mean, I was more sad about Jean Marie though. It was very yeah. yeah. Be- and oh, I think her. it was because of Gideon. Because Gideon felt so responsible for the mm-hmm. entire thing, and it's like, honey, mm-hmm. you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I th- what
1: really guts me about that is like she is clearly like blaming herself, and then she like dips in and out of consciousness, and she catches Harrow like berating somebody, and she thinks she's talking about Gideon. And so Gideon thinks that Harrow also blames her, and she's like, she's right, though. And I'm just like, Gideon, no, honey, that's not what's happening. (laughs) That's not what she said, and that's not what she meant, and that's not the truth.
2: Yeah. It's
1: like, baby, you've never done anything wrong in your entire life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You were wrong. You were. Yeah.
1: I'm just like, I want... Prediction for Electo the Ninth. Gideon has a character arc that establishes her (laughs) self-worth.
2: Yeah, Aww. right? Could we please? That would be nice.
0: It was
1: nice. To... I think that we must, really, because, like, the whole setup of Harrow the Ninth is how absolutely horrible everything is when Gideon's not there. Yeah. Like, you as an audience are made to experience, like, how
2: horrible it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. but at the same time, there is this, I, you know, maybe it's bluster, but, the, you know, Gideon does have this, like, sort of bombastic kind of uh self-aggrandizement I suppose you know like when she's mm-hmm. talking about oh why am I so attractive or you know when <laughs> before she throws herself on the on the pike and she's mm-hmm. going the universe is about to get a whole lot less hot or whatever you know she <laughs> she is very yeah. Confident? Maybe j maybe she's just body confident. I don't Yeah, know, I think but...
1: it I think it's telling that a lot of it is um to do with like her she thinks that she's hot. And I think it also is like um she spends a lot of time sort of like refining her body as like the one thing that she can control. Like she's very proud of her strength and like her ability with a sword and like the size of her biceps. <laughs> um but like immediately when she comes back in Harrow the ninth, she is like berating Harrow to eat her and finish the job and kill her. And we, the audience are like, no, I don't want that. Please don't do that. I don't want that to happen. So it's just like, I think that because like we and Harrow like went through a character arc of like recognizing Gideon's worth as a person. I think if Gideon herself doesn't get that in book three, I really don't know where it's going. Like I don't know where else it could go. (laughs) Yeah. The whole, and the entirety of Harrow the Ninth is that the world is worse without Gideon Nav in it. Yeah. And she's right.
0: She's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know we're kind of getting towards the end, but I do love how in Harrow the Ninth there are basically fan fictions in the middle, of, like fan fiction <laughs> tropes just yes. in the middle of the book. And it's just uh, When hilarious. you were reading
2: that part and you were like, wait, what's happening? It <laughs> like, took me a minute. Like, I got there like, eventually. The chat, like, what is, is this a coffee shop AU? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> like... It is a coffee shop AU. Yeah. So good. Yeah. But it's just like
0: everyone else knows that this is like kind of ridiculous. Even like when the terrible teens do make their reappearance for the coffee shop AU, they're just kind of like, really? <laughs>
1: I love them. The fanfiction I use are so much.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Harrow had to pull the teens out of. I don't know what happens when someone is dead, but they were that, mm-hmm. and she like yanked them out of that so that she could set up her fantasy realm where Gideon doesn't exist. And you know, I like that Abigail's like, "Hey, knock it off." <laughs> yeah, I think it's don't, so... don't do that. I had to, I had to send them back.
1: Yeah. I had to put them away. I think it's so yeah. heartbreaking that, like, Harrow's subconscious, like, pulled together allies in the river bubble without mm-hmm. her, like, really meaning to. She just, she reached yeah. out for help and the ghosts came.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. aw. Yeah, I think the the other reason why I kind of went over my head for a little bit what was going on in the river bubble is, um, like, she killed off certain people. And mm-hmm. looking back now, I know it's people who were alive. But yeah. at first I was like, you know, I did cause I didn't know that pal, pal was still alive. So I was just like, Oh, mm-hmm. she's just killing off people again. So this is weird. Um, but like looking back, I was like, Oh, she was killing off the people who couldn't be there because they weren't dead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The river bubbles were really opaque. Like the significance of them were really opaque to me for a really long time. Um, I think just because I was confused, and I was like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you read back, like there are clues there. It's mm-hmm. just, I was missing all of them.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Because I think that the river bubble, it is confusing. <laughs> I think that the river bubble AU sequences are a big check mark in the list of is Griddlehark meant to be speci- <laughs> like explicitly textually romantic? I'm just like, yeah. there are literally fan fiction AUs in, there is a coffee shop AU you of them in the book. I, so, like, I, I think that's pretty straightforward.
0: I mean, it's yeah. funny because like I've never seen people like actually say this, but I've seen like posts on Tumblr like referencing like people not realizing that Gideon was a lesbian, oh, and I was pals. yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> not the idea of not okay. I, I was so, like, how I think if, could someone miss that? Like,
1: if you've got blinders on, I think that you if, could yeah, if theoretically you Griddlehark, hark mm-hmm. but the fact that Gideon is a lesbian is evident in the text a hundred percent of the time she is constantly ogling yeah. Corona Beth yeah. she <laughs> yeah she wants Dulcinea's ex- exclusive attention mm-hmm. like girl's gay
0: yeah I mean like I've yeah. never seen like anyone actually miss that but I've seen post referencing people miss that and I was like but how would someone even like yeah yeah, yeah I think how, that those you people who that miss it stay? come
1: from like come from like review sites okay. where like it's it's not people like it's not the population of tumblr who is missing it god forbid that right. is not happening yeah. um but it's like people who aren't exposed to that kind of like internet culture who are just like i don't believe that gay people exist
0: yeah <laughs> like, that's the thing? Pals. I feel like,
2: yeah you would, it would it's it, i feel like it would have to be pretty deliberate to miss the entirety of any kind of you know gayness in the entire so Gideon thing. explicitly
1: like, has titty mags.
2: Like, yeah like she's I mean but and even I, I don't know I can't I can't even imagine getting through the entire thing and being like those girls feel nothing for each other but you know good old they're sisters. Friendship. Yeah but I'm yeah, like they're just, are they? are good buds. They're... Mm -hmm. they're really not (laughs) and then and and then in um in harrow hark or in in harrow the ninth it it's you know it's there too Mm. you know yanthe is very obviously uh interested Mm -hmm. in harrow so you know i don't know yeah i feel like it's deliberate I mean, it absolutely is. It, it's insane. Yeah. It would be insane. It just confuses
0: me because I'm just like, yeah. I'm
1: just like, there are. There again, I read an interview with Tamsin <laughs> where I'm so sorry I'm like this.
0: No, where we love you. It's good. We love she, it.
1: <laughs> she, she wrote and she said in a response to something where it's like when she was growing up, a lot of the media that her friends were like, we have to go see this movie. It's gay. It's just like, it wasn't. You would just have to like put the lesbian goggles on and watch it. Mm -hmm. And she said that when she was writing Gideon the Ninth, she fuses the lesbian goggles to your face. And like she explicitly, (laughs) she says she explicitly wanted to make a like a a situation, like an environment where every single woman could theoretically date any other woman at any time. (laughs) And I'm just like, and that is absolutely present. People are out here shipping literally everybody. (laughs)
2: Yeah. hmm
1: and for people to miss it, I'm just like, you just are not privy to yeah. the existence of gay people. They do not exist yeah, in you your
2: just, reality. You want to miss it, yeah. I think. You know. Like, come on. <laughs> Get serious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get serious.
2: <laughs> it's a good book. It is. They're it's a really good, good book. book. You should read
0: both of them.
2: I could talk for way again. longer about yeah. stuff. <laughs> frankly, I mean, we because we're just kind of all over the place. We're, yeah. we're hitting all the notes, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's. I mean, there's so much to say and uh, dissect. Mm-hmm. In, in There's a these lot of books. layers to peel yes. back. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: can't wait for Electo the Ninth to sh- to be published, and then I can reread the entire series again and find even more horrible <laughs> foreshadowing, where I'm yeah. just like, oh god. <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm that's reading. what that meant! don't oh, know.
0: <laughs> yeah, my only problem that I have with the series is I can't read the last book yet.
2: It's yeah. terrible.
0: <laughs>
2: I blame Cor for this.
1: It's my fault. I work at Tor Publishing. <laughs>
2: no. She is Tamsin Muir, and she is on purpose. I am from New Zealand. <laughs> Trying not to uh, put out her book too soon. Mm-hmm. She's got to build that hype. I mean, I get
0: that, but I just want to know what happens because I just like knowing what happens.
2: I mean,
1: she blames yeah. me all the time that she can't know what happens. I'm like, I also don't know what happens, Christina. I, too, am suffering.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, hmm. we have to blame someone for our suffering. Though. We do.
1: I mean, that's fair. It is my fault that you guys read it. So. <laughs> and now- it's, I mean,
2: I was I planned on reading it anyway. I just didn't. Get it was
1: just you saw it. me go off the shits on goodread and you were like yeah. oh i have to and know what's like, going on with courtney
2: right it was one of those things where it was like it was already on my list and then you were like yes and i was like okay so you know i, <laughs> I you and i have some similar tastes and things so mm. i trust your judgment so I'm when so you were like nobody else does <laughs> oh, well you know what they're wrong
0: yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. i didn't <laughs> expect to like these books as much as i did but i love them and i'm really obsessed with them now. Like I the last book review I did for this podcast was supposed to be a different series of <laughs> comics. Like and I just couldn't think about them enough to actually do a review on them so I had to do Gideon the Ninth. It digs yeah. its little claws into your brain. It really has. And now well, it's hopefully, like it'll was dig saying, into more peoples.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Join us in suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carlin was saying how she's not usually a rereader. I am usually a rereader, which is probably why I have read reread them a lot. <laughs> it's like my normal <laughs> tendency to reread, coupled with like the rereading the series forces you to do. <laughs> yeah, just like I'm just trapped in a cycle. Yeah, because
0: they're, they're good. It, mm-hmm. There's yeah.
2: there's payoff there for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: And mm-hmm. you know we're all so... librarians, so you can take us at our word for that. You should read yeah. these books. Librarians
2: have universally good taste. Yes. know <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not to, uh, you know, put too fine a point on it, but I know some librarians who so I'm like, oh, really? Ooh.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I do love how into, okay? one of our coworkers will just fully be like, yeah, I'm reading trashy romance novels right now.
2: I mean, she knows what she wants. That's I know, good and I respect that. Yeah, she knows what she's about. Yeah. It's cute though because her version of like a trashy romance novel is like you know, the, I don't the Bridgerton know. books, right? Or you know, it's like like a a retelling of Pride and Prejudice where they actually you know have sex on the page or something.
0: <laughs> Definitely have to come back to this again once Elected and the Ninth comes out.
2: Oh man! After yeah. we're all
1: done like freaking out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's gonna be a lot of freaking out. We'll have, maybe we can do like a, of the group chat. Yeah. Yes.
0: Maybe we can do like a, like a first kind of like reaction to it when it comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But thank you for talking about this with me today, guys. Thank you for I know there, there us. is thank so much more, more we opportunity. could say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know there's so much more we could say, but really just go read, everyone listening, just go read the books. <laughs> yes. Go read the books. we Mm
1: -hmm. did if you've gotten this far and you haven't read them i'm so sorry (laughs)
2: that's true i can't even imagine
1: (laughs) because i feel like it would just be incomprehensible at this point
0: (laughs) yeah i mean so
2: if you have read the
1: books
0: yeah if you have read the books let me know on instagram tell me what you thought did you like it did you you know what did you think about our interpretation of some of these scenes
2: just if you didn't like it why are you wrong yeah <laughs> do you think it's about lesbians <laughs> did, did you get that subtext or did you miss it
0: like you know <laughs> <The> subtext, subtext.
1: <laughs> did you read the text
0: yeah <laughs> Did did certain things fly over your head like they flew over my head a lot apparently you know with realizing I mean, Gideon, the answer is still yes, there. Anybody,
2: someone, there is not a person out there who will have read these books and got all of it on the first yeah way through. Definitely not. Yeah. So yeah. Well, thank you for having us, Kitty. It was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, for sure. Was, yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: Women talk about horror is produced and edited by Christina Paz. Music by Fesslian Studios. Please follow us at Women Talk About Horror on Instagram. Please join us in two weeks for our next episode.